Hello, my friends. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, earlier today, we had a really nice Q&A. Actually, it was a, more of a meetup call uh, with uh, five or six of us from the group. And it was a really nice chance to get to know one another and to kind of share some of our war stories. And I really hope that we can do more of that uh, as time goes on. I think it's a really, really nice way to just kind of talk about our businesses and uh, kind of understand the challenges that each of us are facing uh, as we run our marketing consultancies and the various forms that, that they, that they're in. Um, today I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of a distinction between, uh, marketing advisory versus marketing consulting services. So I pretty much, I pretty well specifically label what I do as marketing advisory services. And, um, although I call myself a marketing consultant or marketing advisor, almost interchangeably, but really there's a subtle nuance and distinction that I kind of focus on. Um, and, and I think the thing that makes me an advisor more so than a consultant, how I define it, and I don't know if this definition lives out anywhere, but how I define it is, is that an advisor really you're getting access to their advice, to their ideas, to their expertise. It's really less about deliverables and hours and inputs. Although there might be cases where I provide a template or a proof of concept, this, that, or the other, but uh, it really is about proof of concept, or it really is about access to your mind, not so much your hands. And, you know, when I was getting into the advisory kind of world, I started off by, first of all, I ran an agency. Prior prior to that, I was doing freelancing. So I went from freelancing to running an agency to, um, to dipping my toe in the waters of advisory work by doing some kind of a project, like kind of a a pseudo advisory, kind of like a fractional on-demand chief marketing officer, but I would actually manage projects and bring in the people that I used to hire and subcontract in my agency and I would put them in direct contact with the client and they would get all the benefits of, of that relationship, except I wouldn't be marking up their time. Instead, I would charge a fixed fee and I think it was around $4,000 Canadian when I first started doing this, um, which was cheaper than them hiring an employee and they even if they did hire an employee, they, they wouldn't have had this whole team to uh, to do many of these things. And the thing about marketing, as you know, is that you need typically to outsource some of your work because there's, it's really hard to do all the things that you need to do effectively, whether it's pay-per-click, SEO, ads, design, web development, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know this. So I positioned myself against hiring an in-house uh, person. Uh, I was able to sell one of those to a co-working space, which ended up becoming my my niche, my niche. Um, I'd been working with them for a few years before that, so that was easier. Um, but then I also, shortly after, had an opportunity to come across my desk to, to pitch um, consulting services, and I kind of positioned myself at that time as a fractional CMO. And I would sort of manage the people, both their internal staff uh, as well as any external people that needed to be brought in. And I would oversee the thing, but I was, I was on a lot of calls and between those two things it was like a full-time job with two clients and I think I was doing you know another four thousand or forty five hundred bucks a month um, to to kind of manage their marketing but I was burnt out and exhausted I did that for several months but I knew that I had to change I basically two whale clients so I kind of phased them into an advisory capacity over time it took a little bit of work but I was able to do it Um, and then meanwhile I was starting to specialize in co-working and I started to develop a few other clients in that industry and that's where things sort of became much more of a pure advisory thing as opposed to kind of a uh, consulting slash project managing slash you know um, fractional chief marketing officer or, or staff augmentation, which ultimately is what it was. So I think that that was a really good first step. I think the staff augmentation fractional thing is not a bad idea. Although, uh, if you're doing the work or if you're managing projects, that'll quickly become a full-time job. You might as well just go get a job. Uh, so what I, what, what I, how I see consulting now and advisory stuff is, you know, even when I was even like a year or two ago, I was doing a lot more deliverables based 
advisory work. So even in the co-working stuff. So I would do these big audits and recommendations and roadmaps. Now we work out a lot of it based on our phone calls. I kind of just look at stuff. I'll, I'll bring in my ad specialist, maybe my SEO specialist, maybe, you know, I don't know, something else. I'll definitely bring in my developer, but like I'll kind of do some high level audits of their SEO and their ads uh, because those are areas that I'm fine at managing, but I'm, it's not my core competency. So I want to bring in those experts to just look at stuff and then decide, decide if there's things that need to be done right away and whether they should be the ones to do it or not. Um, so, but like, I don't create these really long, like full on audits, like detailed stuff. I, I can pretty well see right away through looking at their analytics and looking at the current situation, talking to the client, I can pretty well see, well, here are the first things that need to get done. And I, I bring up my base camp project and you know, we kind of just, I show them how it all works and we start getting onboarded with my, um, KPIs document and taking meeting notes and uh, I'm getting clarity on, you know, I have a whole onboarding process. I don't think I've gone too far into detail with it, but ultimately through the discovery um, process and the questionnaire that they answer, I then figure out what their goals are and tackle stuff like that. But now as I've figured all that stuff out, it, it really is an advisory capacity. So I, I now like pretty well, we get onto calls each week and we work on the next most important thing. And sometimes we go into like five directions in the beginning at once, cause there's a lot that needs to get tackled. And assuming the client's internal marketing manager can handle that work, then I'll give them as much as they can handle, frankly. Um, but I don't create these big, long deliverables. Frankly, I don't really create many, any documents that get created. I create it with the client on a call and we use maybe one of my templates and they fill it out. We fill it out. We kind of fill it out together. Um, or we'll, you know, sometimes with the KPI document, every time with the KPI document, I have to kind of help shape shift it and form it to the needs of that individual business. And, uh, that that's a bit of handholding, but I'm not doing this stuff behind the scenes and producing deliverables. I'm doing it with the client. So a little bit of done with you, but that happens on our weekly or bi-weekly calls. Um, occasionally there's a separate call that needs to be set up to help them with something and that's fine, but it's all done. Any deliverable sort of happens on the phone. Otherwise it's like a, an asynchronous response with a loom video or a chat or something like that. But it is all advisory. I'm not producing any polished documents at all anymore. So Ultimately, that's how I distinguish the difference between advisory work and consulting work. And if you can have the choice, I mean, consulting to me is more deliverable based, like here's your strategy, here's your report, here's your thing. Um, you know, even the reports uh, pretty much just spend time in the KPIs document and have a lot of that data get pulled into that spreadsheet. And then there's some Google Data Studio reports that get set up by the SEO or pay-per-click or else I'll do it myself. But really that's kind of the heart of it. Um, there's not a lot of reporting even that I need to do or analysis, any analysis is done over the phone. Um, so I try to limit it to those interactions where we get work done together. Um, and then I'll just kind of fill the gaps with with back and forth Slack and email conversations. But to me, that's the definition of advisory. Once you're producing big reports and big you know, deliverables, you're really in the consulting world. And, and I know that's probably mixed with some advisory stuff and it's expert driven and that's fine. It's just less leveraged than an advisor role where it's basically uh, unlimited access to your brain, which is really the, the, the gold standard, if you will, of, uh, of, uh, advisory work. So, or of consulting or what have you. So that's the target I'd like to aim for. And then on top of that, then it's packaging your expertise, creating systems, documenting it, creating teaching, eventually getting into education, whether that's through info products, whether that's through uh, memberships, subscriptions, that sort of thing. Um, that kind of comes sort of next or, you know, whatever order makes sense for you. Um, but as far as advice, and I, I, I even kind of see that as an extension of advisory stuff. You're still giving advice. You're just doing it at more scale. 
So, um, yeah, that's just how I see the two. I think the more you can specialize and, you know, I think, I think sometimes deliverables are overrated. Um, I get it. You know, uh, I know Michelle was saying that he did, uh, on our call today that he does road mapping. And I think that's a good like first step to let people kind of test the waters and see what you're made of and see what kind of expertise you bring to the table and see if they can get excited. I've kind of, I used to do that when I did web design, um, and it can be a good, definitely a good project to get started on. Now I don't really do that. I'll actually start consulting during the first call. There's a book, um, what is it called that uh, kind of talks about this? And I was always a bit wary of it. It's uh, it's called I think it's called Getting Naked. It's a consulting book. Definitely recommend it. It's told in a story, but basically they just kind of get into the consulting world. I'll do a call or two to really figure out and see if I can understand their stuff. Um, and then kind of help them out, you know, on the, on the call. But, um, and then they kind of get a sense, they get excited and then they can see that I can help them. And then typically the relationship kind of spawns from there or I'll crack open the KPI spreadsheet and kind of work out some scenarios. But, um, to Blair Ann's point and Blair Ann's has a website win without pitching. And if you've not read that book, definitely go get win without pitching. Um, but what he would say is like, don't, don't diagnose, don't prescribe until you're fully diagnosed. Otherwise it's malpractice. So I'm always cautious, even with the clients and saying, without knowing the full picture, here are some rough kind of options and rough general, general kind of things that I would want to look at with you, um, and some potentially good ideas, but I can't tell you that that's good advice until we look at the whole picture. Anyway, so all that is to say is even my onboarding and sales process isn't really, and I'll have to do a whole recording on my sales process. I think that that might help you guys. Um, but even that's not really deliverable focused, although there's nothing wrong with selling, you know, onboarding or anything like that, or, uh, or selling any kind of form of deliverable. It's just, it's more labor intensive and, you know, um, yeah, you can, you can do a lot more by selling just your, your ideas and then packaging those ideas and repeating them. And that's why it's so important to have a very clear specialization. So I know there's a lot of folks that do B2B and B2B services. And I would, I would employ you to try to find, you know, one of those categories and to see if you can kind of go deeper on one of those so that you can develop a playbook. So you become one of a kind, so you become the sought after expert for, you know, uh, financial research planning companies or something. I don't know. Uh, and then you've got a plan that, that basically does that and you can write content on it and all that good stuff. So anyway, uh, that is to say that, uh, if you can get into the advisory world, it's a good place to be. I used to do deliverables until I slowly stopped offering them in my engagements and they kind of, no one ever asked for them and it realized there wasn't really much need for them. So if you can get your, you know, sell your expertise, um, instead of your hands, uh, best way to do that is through advisory stuff and then packaging it and then turning it into products. And that's, that's the name of the game. So anyway, I hope this really helps. And, uh, let me know, are you selling advisory services or consulting? Uh, if so, what questions do you have around making that leap to more of an advisory versus consulting path? And if you're still doing freelancing, um, I'd love to hear your questions. Cause I know there's a few freelancers in here that want to know how do I get out of that freelancer, uh, done for you stuff and more into the advisory stuff. And you know, there's lots of ways we can tackle that. So I'd love to know your questions. Uh, keep them coming. And, uh, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Bye for now.